Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. Today, we're going to be taking a look at employee classification. Well, what is that? Whenever you pay someone to do work for you, you have to go through a few steps to determine whether there is an independent contractor relationship or an employee relationship. After you decide that, you have to decide whether the job is FLSA exempt or non-exempt, and then finally, whether the job is full-time benefits eligible or part-time. This is going to be the first part in a six-part series on this. So we're going to take about 10 minutes a day uh, just going through each one of these pieces. I hope you enjoy it. Um, So it sounds easy enough, I know. Why is it important? Well, I'm glad you asked. It turns out, depending on the state, 10 to 20% of employers misclassify at least one employee. Misclassification has a huge financial repercussion, and it's the most likely Department of Labor complaint a small business will face. Don't forget, by the way, random side note, if you like this, if you find it useful, please like and subscribe. You can subscribe on YouTube down at the bottom and go to peopleprocesses.com to subscribe to sign up for our subscriber-only content. Uh, as we go through this, we'll have worksheets and other things on there that you can download that will be super helpful. So, peopleprocesses.com. So let's, let's dive in a little bit. It's critical that employers correctly determine whether the individuals providing services or employees are in, or independent contractors. That's going to be the first thing we're going to look at. We're going to come back to whether they're FLSA exempt or not, i.e. salaried or hourly. For now, what we're worried about is independent contractors or employees. Independent contractors are workers who have contractual agreements to complete jobs and who have complete control over their job performance. Don't get this confused with an employee under contract, an employee contract. That's a thing that you do with employees to define the job, to define uh, termination, compensation. You don't have to do those in most states. This is a separate thing. This is a different type of worker called an independent contractor. I get emails all the time from employers going, hey, I have a contracted employee and I'm trying to do this thing. And my first question is like, what do you mean? Independent contractor, 1099? Or do you mean a W-2 employee with a contract? So let's talk about why people misclassify employees all the times, and then outline the ways to distinguish between employees and independent contractors. We're going to touch on one of the tests this episode. Next episode, we're going to do the other two, and then we'll get into the next sections about salaried or hourly. So before getting into the discussion of independent contractors, it's important to note that both the federal government and state governments have been cracking down like crazy on employers who wrongly classify employees as independent contractors. This is going on even though COVID continues. The misclassification of employees as independent contractors presents a serious problem for those affected employees. It affects the employer's finances and the entire economy. 
misclassified employees are often denied access to critical benefits and protections. So from their perspective, they don't get family and medical leave, they don't get overtime, minimum wage, unemployment insurance, and they're entitled to those under law. Employee misclassification also generates substantial losses to the Treasury and Social Security and Medicare funds, as well as to state unemployment insurance and workers' comp funds. The reason is, of course, that independent contractors are responsible for all those things themselves. So, if you misclassify an employee as an independent contractor, they have to pay all that stuff themselves, and a lot of times they don't. They also aren't uh, eligible most of the time for unemployment insurance. The Department of Labor has put together what's called the Misclassification Initiative. It's designed to prevent, detect, and remedy employee misclassification. As a result of the initiative, a worker who is classified as an independent contractor does not have to bring a claim against his employer uh, alleging misclassification. Instead, the DOL, the IRS, and state agencies can initiate on the employee's behalf a directed investigation, which is essentially an unfettered investigation into employees' classification and workers and potentially all of the employer's payroll practices. Many states have entered into what are called MOUs, Memorandums of Understanding, with the Department of Labor and the IRS, and this allows the states and the DOL to coordinate and share information uh, and to coordinate enforcement with the participating states. Uh, at peopleprocesses.com, we uh, have a list of those, the states that have entered into the MOU. So that's really important to know because it means if a state starts a problem, they go, hey, um, an employee called up, said they should get unemployment, we, you have them listed as an independent contractor. Let's uh, figure out what's going on. Any state with an MOU is also going to inform the IRS that you owed a bunch of Social Security taxes. They're going to take a look at it. They're going to say, hey, since he's an employee, they should have been withholding income. They all coordinate, and it brings down a real, real crap storm. Let's go with that. Now, why do employers do this? Well, you avoid paying those FICA and FUTA taxes, your unemployment taxes uh, and Social Security and Medicare matching. You avoid paying contributions to pension plans, retirement plans, payments for employees' health insurance programs. You can't do that for independent contractors. So if you have a benefits program, you want to hire somebody, you put them on the independent contractor list, and well, luckily now you don't have to give them those benefits you promised. And of course, you don't have to pay workers' comp because an independent contractor is supposed to provide that themselves. An advantage that's legitimate is that you can often obtain qualified and experienced personnel with very specialized skills without the cost of training, developing, or maintaining those specialized skills among their own employees. So hiring, for example, a computer programmer um, to do a website or an app, that may be a third party, highly specialized, eh, they could fall under independent contractor. Lawyers fall under independent contractors. You're hiring somebody to do work for you, but they kind of lead it all, right? In general, independent contractors reduce human resource, payroll, bookkeeping expenses associated with employees, and they reduce the overall number of employees, which eliminates the employer's need to comply with certain statutes. Things that 20 employees, 5 employees, 50 employees don't apply to independent contractors, so a lot of people want to keep their employee headcount low. Finally, you can, you're free of the obligation to comply with a bunch of employment-related statutes and regulations that only apply to actual employees. Courts and agencies have increasingly declared independent contractors to be employees uh, because of federal income tax, state unemployment, workers' comp laws that we talked about, and that exposes you to unexpected liabilities and penalties. 
the proper determination and classifications of independent contractor status is critical because many employment statutes and regulations apply only to actual employees and not to those independent contractors. So we're going to uh, go down and we're going to talk about some of the things that don't apply. State wage laws and fair labor standards act stuff doesn't apply to independent contractors. Federal and state income tax withholding, unemployment tax, state and federal discrimination statutes, a lot of state safety regulations, Family Medical Leave Act, Workers' Comp, um, those sorts of things can really add up. So there's a strong incentive to go in there and misclassify. So what do we do? So there's a t there are three primary tests we're going to go through. We're going to do one of them today to talk about, uh, I'm checking my timer, to talk about how to test those things. Uh, employers should not reach their own conclusions about whether an employee is an in employee or independent contractor with ver without first reviewing their state statutes as well, um, because this is federal that we're talking about, and some states have a couple things. So to determine, depending on your state, whether someone is an independent contractor or an employee, uh, we're going to do a follow-up where we check out the others. Let's start with the first, the easiest, the National Labor Relations Act Common Law Agency Test. The National Labor Relations Act excludes independent contractors from its employee definition. However, labeling a worker an independent contractor does not necessarily mean that the worker is an independent contractor. So the NLRB uses this common law agency principles to decide whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor. Under the common law agency test, several factors determine whether an employee or independent contractor relationship exists. Among the significant factors that indicate the existence of an employee relationship, here we go. An employer controls the details of work performance. Performance, not completion. If you have a way of saying, this was a seven out of 10 and we're gonna pay you less because of it or more because of it. We're gonna uh, review your ongoing performance. The more performance you control as an employer, the more likely they're an employee. An employer provides work supplies and a place to work. Imagine this, you hire a painter to come paint your office. You would not then say, here's all the painting supplies, here's a sprayer, here's the paint. You don't do that, you hire the painter, they take care of all their, their supplies. Same with something a lot of times like a bookkeeper. They're gonna have their own software, their own laptop. The more equipment you provide, the more likely they're an employee. A permanent working arrangement exists with the employer that will ordinarily continue as long as performance is satisfactory. The more ongoing the work, the more likely they're an employee. Um, if you were to hire someone for, uh, to develop an app, well, there's an obvious end date. When the app is done, you're done with them, right? Uh, but if you hire someone to do uh, a task all the time, recurring over and over, and you're expected to just keep doing that as long as they're good, they're more likely to be an employee. This is a key one that people don't understand. The work performed is a part of the employer's regular business, okay? That's a big one. If your company is a bookkeeping company, it's very difficult to hire a bookkeeper as an independent contractor, okay? Because that's a key part of your business. If you are a graphic design firm and you, sub, you, you hire independent contractors to do uh, graphic design work, it's pushing very much towards employee relationships. The NLRB says if it's what you advertise, it's, you can't independent contract it out. Very important point. It's why there's a lot of uh, issues around things like Uber, for example, right? They advertise and they say, hey, we're a ride company. 
Uh, but what they really say is we're a piece of software. So we can't subcontract out our, sub, our software development, but we can the actual delivery of our primary good rides around town. It gets complicated in big cases like that. But for your business, whatever you do, plumbing, um, accounting, law work, independent contractors probably can't do the thing you do. Now, what are some of the things that go the other way that say, hey, this is probably indication of the existence of an independent contractor relationship? Workers are engaged in a separate business or occupation, particularly if they are professionals. The more skilled the worker, the more likely they're an independent contractor. And if they got a business card and invoice you and they do it for a bunch of other companies, probably an independent contractor. A specialist does the job without supervision at the workplace. Again, this goes again to the skill level of the employee. The more likely that they're a specialist, a, uh, a someone outside the regular course of your work and you're bringing in an expert, that's likely an independent contractor. The worker defines the time required for a workday rather than abiding by a typical company workday. Whenever you get into schedules, company schedules, 9 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 5, you're talking about an employee, almost definitely. The worker needs to define their own schedule uh, in order to, well, the more likely, the more they do that, the more likely they're an independent contractor. The job requires a high level of skill. We covered that. The employer pays the worker for each individual job completed. Paying by the job, very strongly towards independent contractor. The worker is engaged in a personally owned business. Again, the more the worker has in terms of an established business, the more likely you're going to be fine with an independent contractor relationship. Now there's a lot of uh, more detail we're going to get into. The next part two of this is going to dive in deeper. There are two other tests we're going to go into, the FLSA test uh, and the uh, discrimination statutes test. So there's a lot of different pieces. Now I hope this was uh, illuminating for you. Thank you for tuning in, checking out the video. Uh, we're going to have these every day, five days a week with the work show, so with, with your hopefully morning commute or on your way home. Check them out. We try to target 10 minutes. We're a little over at 13 or 14 now, so I'm going to go ahead and sign out. But thank you for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.